Katrina Titus Lozano, and I use biblical wisdom to help guide families through crisis situations, making your home a place of love and peace. Welcome to the Her Show podcast, Home Experience Radio. Hello, y'all. I am Trina coming to you from Dallas, and I would love to be able to just come into your lives every Monday. No matter where you are, you can tune into this podcast, and it will be something new every week, and hopefully it will really make you think. And most of all, I want to be able to answer questions that you have. So send me your question to Trina at TheHerShow.com. The question I have today, what do you think about premarital sex? Well, I actually taught about premarital sex and taught sex education and actually abstinence education in public schools for 20 years. And I retired from doing this a few years ago to do pastoral counseling full time. And it is one of my favorite topics because I want to help people have healthy relationships. And when my daughter was a teenager, there was a popular book that came out and a little bit a little bit ahead of her time. But a lot of people uh, in our circle and our church were reading this book and it was called I've Kissed Dating Goodbye. And I read the book and I was like, "Mm, nope, we are not kissing dating goodbye. And I explained to my daughter that what I think is much healthier than kissing dating goodbye is to actually learn how to date and learn how to date correctly and properly. And when we learn this, then what we're doing is we're we're learning how to have a healthy relationship because it's not just about sex. If we take it, if we if we look at the question and just say, what about sex? Well, you're missing the whole point of sex. The whole point of sex is to have relationship. It's supposed to be about making love and it's not supposed to just be an act. I mean, this is where a lot of problems come because when you take sex out of the context of a loving, committed relationship, which is marriage, then the women feel very objectified and taken advantage of. And guess what? The men do too. Both can be very taken advantage of. Both can be very manipulated. And then we've got a relationship that ends up being very destructive. So how to have a healthy relationship? Well, when you're in high school, if you're asking the question, how to have a healthy relationship is would you need to really focus on being a lady, Girls, I hope that you know the difference between being sexy and being beautiful, being seductive and uh, and having wisdom. You know, you want to have wisdom in your relationship. You want to you and you also want to have a fear of God. And if you have a relationship with God, then you do have a fear of God. And and you want to to look at the biblical principles of what morality is. And it certainly is immoral to have sex outside of marriage. However, uh, looking at last week, we uh, talk, I talked about guilt versus false guilt. And when you are kissing your boyfriend or you're kissing your girlfriend or you're holding hands, you're going out on dates, you're cuddling, watching a movie, I certainly hope you do not have false guilt. And if there's some religious um, law in the church that you're attending or the people that you're following, I'm sorry that you're under this thumb of this this pressure of legalism because that's very legalistic and you're calling something wrong that's not wrong. In fact, I would rather you date and do it correctly. In fact, I would rather during your dating season, whether you're a teenager or a single adult or even divorced and re 
re-entering the dating world, I would love for you to have the proper understanding of what a healthy dating relationship looks like. Well, when you have a healthy dating relationship, you better be affectionate. Because if you got, have you gone out on a few dates, and I hope, ladies, that, that the men that you are choosing are, tr- are gentlemen. I hope that they are gentlemen and treating you like ladies, and then they're not just wanting sex, okay? Really. And ladies, I hope that you are treating yourself like a lady and respecting yourself that you're not just being a seductive woman trying to hit on the guys to get guys to pick you up because you can get a guy. Look, guys, we know you can get a girl. Girls, we know you can get a guy. I don't just want you to get a girl or a guy. I want you to be a lady looking for a gentleman. And I want you gentlemen to be gentlemen looking for a lady. But once you have found this particular person and you actually are very intrigued with them, you have a lot of things in common and um, and you have similar values. You have similar goals and dreams and desires and and you feel like your lives would would fit together quite quite well and the relationship is comfortable and it's easy and it's a friendship that is now evolving into wow I really like this person well then once you've decided that you really like a person before a physical relationship before a physical relationship so this is holding hands kissing cuddling all of this before a physical relationship I'll say it again. Yes, before a physical relationship, I want you to have a commitment, okay? Don't be physical before a commitment, okay? I am part of Bachelor Nation. I am. Yes, it is a guilty pleasure. I raised my hand. I admit it, okay? Uh, However, what they have so wrong and why they never work is because, in this case, right now it's Peter, he's making out with everybody okay everybody okay so all of these relationships are first physical relationships before there's a commitment so he's not committed to anyone till after the final rose right he's not committed till the end he's a partially you know saying i'm in this for the right reason but there's zero commitment right so but there's a physical relationship with everyone that is wrong people (laughs) If you're watching The Bachelor to learn how to date, don't do it that way. In fact, we were watching the other night on Monday night and uh, my daughter Brittany kept turning to her her brother who is 27 and single and has not dated much at all. And she kept saying, Bryson, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's a good show to watch when you want to learn of what not to do. Here's what not to do. Don't have a physical relationship before you have a commitment. But once there's a commitment and you're willing to say, hey, this is my girlfriend, to introduce them to your parents, to introduce them to your family, to introduce them to your friends, to be a part of your inner circle, okay? In other words, you're not just talking, you're not just texting, you're not just emailing, you're not just talking online on the dating site or whatever the case may be. You're not just talking, okay? You're actually like each other enough to say, you know what, I'd like to see, I'd like to see where this takes us. Would you would you want to be my girlfriend? I'm, can we make this official? I think you need to be official before the physical relationship, okay? This is so healthy. Now, the danger is, is if you've been raised in a circle that says, okay, courtship is the way to go. If you've been in a, in a, of the understanding, maybe through Bible college or something that they say, You cannot even, you know, date or talk to anyone until you know it's a person you're going to marry. And then, well, then the danger is you're just getting to know them. You've made a commitment. This is my girlfriend. This is my boyfriend. Well, that doesn't mean that you're going to marry them. You don't know them yet. 
Okay, you don't know them. So don't decide I'm going to marry this person because I only need to be with one person. No, dating is about getting to know a person. I want you to know if you're compatible. I want you to know what makes them angry. What about if they don't even like the way you chew your food? Okay, well, then maybe you're not compatible, but you won't know that in the very beginning. That just takes some time. That takes dating. What if your preferences are so different that you're absolutely incompatible? You'll know that when you're dating. But I would like for you to have a commitment, a dating commitment, not a future spouse commitment. Okay, a dating commitment before things get physical. Okay. Once things get physical, holding hands, making out, cuddling, um, hugs and kisses, all of this kind of stuff, no more than that, okay? Just right now, we're talking physical affection, non-sexual affection, and you know the difference, okay? I don't have to tell you the difference. You know the difference between affection, physical affection, Physical, non-sexual affection. You know what that means, okay? And you're going to need this for the rest of your life. You need it now. Whoever you're dating needs it now. We all need non-sexual affection for the rest of our lives. Some people, it's like their number one love language. And they're super comfortable with a lot of physical affection. Other people, like me, I'm one of the others. It's like, eh, don't touch me like okay like you can have me but don't hold on too long I'm a little bit standoffish and I'm kind of like ah okay that's me I love non-sexual affection I love cuddling but I I need my space after just a little bit so everybody's a little bit different however you know the difference between sexual affection and non-sexual affection at this stage in your dating relationship it needs to be non-sexual affection non-sexual affection now after you decide we are compatible everything it works and this is marriage this this is husband material this is wife material and we are moving forward making this mature adult decision that i want to spend the rest of my life with this person now look i want you to make that decision as a christian yeah i want you to pray about it even if you're not a christian this might be something you want to ask God about <laughs> because, listen, you really need to have some peace inside that that um, that God has brought you guys together. OK, so I encourage you. This is a good thing to pray about. But bottom line, your decision is your decision and you better own it 100 percent because I don't want you to be telling me God told me to marry this person and then five years from now when things are hard and you want to get a divorce well I miss God I guess I didn't hear God right no 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 this is on you you decide you decide so I want you to choose wisely as Dr. Laura says choose wisely and treat kindly choose wisely and treat kindly use wisdom use common sense see that's a difference when people are legalistic and they have this belief of courtship ask god who you're going to marry marry who your parents tell you to marry don't kiss until the altar are you kidding that is all legalism and there's no logic there that's not even logical so let's go with the logical <laughs> wisdom and say okay I'm going to really choose wisely by getting to know this person. Are we compatible? Am I attracted to them? 
will I still be attracted to them whenever they get gray or bald or stretch marks or um, wrinkles or all of this will happen with age? Do I want to grow old with this person and everything that that means? Can I visualize them with 30 extra pounds and am I okay with that? And when the answer to all that is yes, they're probably a keeper, okay? You want to be with this person. They're your best friend, things you want to be. You want to be married to them, okay? This is not the time to start having sex. This is the time to get engaged. Now you need to get engaged. You've made the decision, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. You are so passionate that when you hug them, kiss them, cuddle with them, you get all the feels and you're like, <gasps> okay. I want to really make love to this person and I am turned on by just being with them. Okay, it's time to get engaged. Don't lose that feeling because newsflash, marriage is a sexual relationship. That's, that's the truth. And a healthy marriage, you are being sexually active between one and seven days a week. It is supposed to be frequent. It is a sexual relationship. It is the two becoming one. Get it? Right? But the two becoming one, that happens after the vows are taken, after the marriage is taken. You know why? Because really the foundation of a healthy marriage should be a foundation of self-control. That would bring you so much peace to have your marriage built on a foundation of all of the fruits of the spirit, self-control being one of them. So I know you're hot and heavy and I know that you really want to be having sex with the person that you're with, but wait until the time is right. And then this is going to be something that will carry you for the rest of your marriage. So I highly recommend waiting until your honeymoon. However, I want you to be so ready for your honeymoon that it's unbelievably off the charts, fantastic, okay? I don't want you to be so afraid of sex, so afraid of the feelings of being turned on that you have put up such a wall because of your fear of immorality. Like, don't be afraid of it. If you say no, you say no. Like, stick to it. You're saying no for the right reasons. It is immoral. It is immoral. However, just like it's immoral, let's see, it's immoral. It goes both ways. It's immoral to have sex outside of marriage. So before you're married, it's immoral to have sex. It just is. And people are like, okay, what does that mean? Okay, you know what? I'm not going to explain it. That's between you and God. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's very clear. But here's the other fact. It's also clear then to them be married and not having sex. See, it's rebellion either way. Rebellion is, I don't really care what God says. I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to do. Okay, well, okay. How's that working for you? Because, because what happens is, and it really is the enemy. It's a lying spirit that says, what would be best if you have sex now before you get married and then after you get married, you don't want it anymore. Okay, do you see how backwards this is? Where what God says is, I want you to want it. And in fact, that will even drive you to want to be married and to commit the rest of your life for someone to someone. That's the point. I mean, God created this and God created it to be good, to feel good, to, you know, sex is not bad. Get that out of your head. Sex is not bad, but it's in your own best interest to build your marriage on the foundation of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, yes, and self-control. But as you're entering marriage, you got to know it is a sexual 
relationship, okay? But when you're not married, the relationships should not be sexual. And that's, again, it's in your own best interest because one out of every three people who use condoms 100% of the time in America today over the age of 12 still get incurable sexually transmitted diseases. And so don't put yourself at risk. And don't be naive to think that condoms will keep you from getting an STD. Don't be naive to think that they will keep you from getting pregnant. And so, yes, I believe in abstinence. I do. Okay, parents, teach your children about sex. Teach them about abstinence, okay? And teach them that condoms won't keep them safe. You please tell them the statistic that I just told you. Teach them that sex is a way to reproduce and it's also a way to be close in marriage. But it is very dangerous to be having sex outside of marriage, especially when you're a teenager, because pregnancy is likely to occur. They need to know that this is for sure, like this is not, it's not like maybe you'll get pregnant. It's just like it is likely to occur. You're very fertile when you're a teenager. So I want your teenage girls to sort of have the fear of God in them that if they have sex, they're probably going to get pregnant. Honestly, I want them to know that because you've taught them. But I, I also want them to know that sex is the most beautiful part of marriage and that they will have the rest of their life. I don't want people, teens, to think sex is bad. Don't do it. That is such a poor message to be teaching the kids. I also don't want them to think that it's okay to do it anytime with anyone and it's a way to get people to love you. That is not the recipe for healthy relationships and you know that. Also, I want you to open the word of God and remind yourself what Proverbs chapter 6 and Proverbs chapter 7 says. These chapters are very important. And even Proverbs chapter 31 where the mother is teaching her son what to look for in a wife. And we need to be aware and we need to be cautious that we are not raising daughters to be promiscuous women. And we need to raise our sons that they are not attracted to promiscuous women because this is dangerous. It, they will lead you to the slaughter, which is what the Bible says. Well, you don't want your daughters to lead men to the slaughter. You don't want your men to be led to the slaughter. So you got to train your kids and then you also yourself have to really have a clear understanding. God's way is the best way, okay? So you need to just be logical about that. It's in your own best interest to wait for sex until marriage. So that answers the question that I opened the show with. What do I think about premarital sex? It's God's idea to wait for sex until marriage. And I do agree. That's absolutely correct. But don't be legalistic and don't get crazy. Um, Non-sexual affection is a beautiful thing. And it's a skill that you need to just be comfortable with for the rest of your life. But God bless you today. Thank you for joining me on the Her Show podcast. Hugs and high fives. This episode of the Her Show podcast is copyright. Trina Titus-Lozano and Kingdom Global Ministries, all rights reserved, copyright 2020.